Morning, guys. Um, we're going to start this morning, for those of you who were here last week, um, we did this last week, but we're going to probably continue to do this um, as we go forward over the coming couple of months, um, because we're looking at a part of the Bible in Matthew 5. Um, it's called the Beatitudes. Um, some of you may know what that is, some may not. So we're just going to take weeks, really, to unpack um, to be honest, probably to end up with more questions at the end of it. <laughs> um, the more I read it, the more my head fizzes with like, well, what, what actually is Jesus saying and doing here? Um, so we're just going to do a little bit. But what we'd love to do um, is to just read it all together again. Um, there's just something, you know, just taking that time to, to, to take the words of Jesus and just to keep mulling on them and keep mulling on them and allowing him to kind of um, just show us new things through that. So I think that um, Paul and Bill are going to put that up on the screen. So if you would like to stand up, guys, um, and, and let's let's do this on our feet. <laughs> um, if you feel comfortable doing that, if you can't stand or would, would prefer not to, um, that is totally good. Um, but Father, we just pray again. We thank you um, that you're in the room to speak to us personally. That it's that it's it's not just um, a book that was written a long time ago, but Jesus, you're alive and active and with us today to breathe life into your words. And we thank you for your word, though, that allows us to to see um, who you are and what your heart is towards us. So, yeah, Father, open our hearts to just to just allow these words, um, yeah, to, to impact our hearts in new ways today and in things that we've maybe not seen before or just need reminded of. Okay, this is Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. 
What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even, for though they don't like it, I do, and all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Please take a a seat. Um, So this morning, I'm just going to take a little bit of time to actually just look at that very, very first part, um, which Ro kind of started on last week. And it does seem like maybe um, when I looked at it, I was just like, oh, what, where can we go with this? Because it's really, it's just when it says, when Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprentice, disciples to him, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. So that's all we're going to ponder a little bit around this morning. And Matthew chapter 5, Ro talked about last week, comes after Matthew 1 to 4. Um, And when you go back and read Matthew 1 to 4, it really helps us to get kind of an understanding of, I think in a way, why I I actually love this introduction, (laughs) this kind of, this part of Jesus' story where he's been going around, he has been talking to people, but he's been healing the sick, he's been meeting people along the way, day in, day out, who, who are oppressed, people who are on the margins, people who nobody else has, has said, you know, seen any significance in, the insignificant, the unimportant. And Jesus has been talking to these people as he's been going, and there's been healings going on, and he's been, he, he's been changing people's lives, meeting their needs in really practical ways. So when it comes to this, and it starts to say, you know, Jesus saw the crowds, and so he went up a hill with those who were apprenticed to him, um, and he sat down and started to teach. So it's the beginning of Matthew 5, and Matthew 5 to 7, um, if you've done RS in school, um, or if you've been to church at any time, you might have heard that referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And so Jesus starts this kind of... um, time, if you like, just sitting on a hillside, talking to the crowds that have gathered with him. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I've read Matthew 5 to 7, um, if you've not read it, I'd encourage you to do it, but it can read like a pretty challenging kind of teaching. Jesus goes into all sorts of things. You know, he talks about money and divorce and, and our enemies and, um, you know, some, some pretty kind of things that, that can be challenging for us to look at or to hear about. But I think, you know, we need to stop and pause, guys, to get the heart of Jesus. And what I want us to do this morning, if we go away with nothing else, but just in a fresh way, to see the heart of Jesus in this, this part of the Bible. And, you know, in Matthew 5 to 7, Jesus doesn't come and teach about these things in order to point the finger and to let everybody know, you know, how wrong they've been and how bad and how order out of order. And, you know, we, many of us, if we've been in, in particular types of churches, have maybe labored under those feelings of that sometimes that is what religion, that is what church um, is there to do, is to point out everything that is that is kind of horrendous about the way we live but 
when Jesus comes to the, these, these teachings, I think what part of what he's saying is, look, guys, you know, come and gather. This is, this is messy. This life is messy. You know, I know that you're going to face anxiety. I know that you're going to go through worries and difficulties. I know that you're going to face relationships that are hard, and I know you're going to maybe pick up some enemies along the way. I know you're not going to keep your promises. You know, he knows all of that. He's not surprised by that. And he takes this time to sit down with those who are following him in order to say, guys, it's okay. I've got this. I'm going to take time and I'm going to spend a lifetime walking with you and to train you and equip you and and to love you through all of this that it's, you know, that, that your ways, your life, um, the way you interact with one another eventually changes to become all that he intended it to be. And so he assumes all of that mess is part of our picture, guys. I don't know about you. I have a lot of mess at times in my life, most of the time, uh, to be honest. Some days it feels less so than others, but those are probably the ones where I've deceived myself. Um, but, but yeah, it's just quite grungy. I think that's what I want to say. Jesus is in the mess of it all. And sometimes we come towards the Beatitudes as though there's somehow a list of virtues that we need to live out or live up to. A list of, you know, tick box, I'm this kind of person, I'm doing okay. You know, I've, I've got the kind of, you know, the religious heart the, the, the cover which shows everybody that, you know, I'm this kind of person, so I kind of tick the boxes. And I really want to say, guys, I don't, I don't, from everything I've been reading, I don't think that's where Jesus is coming from when he sits down. Because what he's doing, when he starts going through that list of things, those, those list of blessings, what he's describing is basically the kind of people for whom there is, spa- there is a space of grace in his kingdom. He's just been out going around healing the sick, meeting the oppressed, setting people's lives free, encouraging people, standing with them. And it's those are the crowds that have followed him up the hill. I think we often read it as it's like it's just the 12 disciples and he's called his little holy huddle aside to, you know, to, to teach them and train them. That's not the picture. It's actually everybody. So when he talks about, you know, these are my climbing companions, these are the ones that were apprenticed to him, it was the crowds, it was anybody who was just curious. They weren't one people who had, had knew all the answers and, and were, were chosen because they had a certain thing about them and, and they had it together and so Jesus was going to take them and walk with them. These were just the crowds that had begun to hear his message and thought, there is something in that. And the word disciple, or you know, increasingly wanting to use this word apprentice because it so much more explains our relationship with Jesus. That, that word of, of an, an apprentice is somebody who is either curious, curious to learn, somebody who has maybe become convinced, or somebody who has, has seen it and heard enough and they're just, they're committed, they're all in. But it's this, it's this process, it's these many people, guys, so it's, it's never just, we know for us, 
Like, what a, what a sigh of relief, eh? That it's not a tick box, so you're in, you're out, you've crossed the line, you haven't crossed the line. What Jesus is calling us to as a community, what he calls those who, who are followers of his, that is going to look so different in everybody's journey. And some people right now, maybe even in the room, are just curious. You have no idea about this God stuff in terms of, you know, you, you might even be really uncomfortable with it and think it's not for me. Or I might have a real issue because I've been in church before and all I've ever been, you know, given is a bit of a lambasting for the things that I don't do well. Or you might be a little bit convinced, <laughs> um, you know, and sometimes we can have been walking with Jesus and following him for a long time and we're kind of convinced in some areas of our life, but then there's, a, there's the other areas that we're just like, oh yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> let's just keep those ones, those that, you know, I don't want you to touch those, I don't want you to change those, I don't want you to disturb those. It's a, it's a lifelong journey for each one of us. And, and increasingly, you know, what I love about this is that the kind of people Jesus was talking to is that they were people, as I say, they're not, they're not a list, these, the Beatitudes of things for us to attain to, guys. It was a recognition. Jesus was recognizing. He was literally looking people in the eye that had been following him and just saying, look, are you sad? Are, are you poor? Like, have you been wrestling with that? Then I've got some promises for you, and I've got a new way in my kingdom. Are you like the most unimportant person ever? You know, that you're insignificant, you're not a Roman, you're not a Jewish re- religious leader, it's for all the other people, not for me. Then this is for you, welcome. It, it's the sermon on the, the, the beginning, the Beatitudes, it's basically one massive welcome. Are you sad this morning? I don't know about you guys, I've had quite a lot of sadness the last couple of weeks. You know, death of Richard's mum, personal stuff, friendships that are just challenging. Like, I love that I can come to Jesus at any point and gather, and it's just like, Miriam, are you sad? Then my kingdom is for you. Like, it doesn't matter, guys, as we go through these next weeks, you know, the, 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 all the things that Jesus mentions. He's just breaking down. He's, he's coming towards these guys at the time, but it's no different for us today. And he's just saying, look, my kingdom is not the way and not for the people you expected it to be for. If you're on this list, you qualify. Actually, don't, don't, don't massively aim to try and be these people. <laughs> Because actually, I'm telling you, it's, it's when you're in these places, there's a space of grace where God meets us and his kingdom comes and he turns things on its head that, that, just, that, that is his way. And I don't, I don't get that most of the time, honestly, guys. I still, I, you know, it's going to take years to pursue, Jesus, what does your kingdom look like? And it's a real challenge, I think, especially if any of us have been in church for a number of years. Sometimes we can lose sight of that. And, you know, we, we feel like we understand and we, we kind of know it. And we do. And that's awesome. But I think there are forever things that he's calling us back. Always things that he's saying to me, Miriam, it's not my kingdom way. You know, and everything in me wants to do it in a different way. And he wants us to come back to the simplicity 
where he just acknowledges for each one of us this morning, eh, that my welcome is for you. If you wrestle with any of these things, if you struggle with any of these things, if you've been experienced any of these things this week, my kingdom is here, my kingdom is now. And what I want to do is, is show you a new way to be a human being in the midst of it all. That, that is all he's called us, guys, to be. When we talk increasingly about, you know, in a sense, a practical, you know, getting around a table, it's, it's not about a table, it's not about taking chairs out so that we look less like a lecture theatre. Th- those are, in a way, they're superficial things, but they do represent what the Father is wanting to do in our heart, where it's literally just like we are a band of people that have thrown our lot in together because we feel like Jesus has asked us to do that, and we're going to try and learn through thick and thin you know, how to stand with one another, n- not, not, not leave when it gets tough, and it will. Like, there's going to be things that we don't find easy about one another. There's going to be things that we don't want to commit to. But, guys, it's in that place. We practice his way in the midst of a community of people who are for one another. And that doesn't mean we're going to get it right all the time. And it doesn't mean, you know, Jesus is wanting to help us see that it's not this list of virtues that everybody who comes to Carlisle Vineyard or anybody who's a friend of ours needs to kind of live like this and then we can do this journey together. He's wanting us to just be a people in the city who are real with our lives, our struggles, our challenges, our realities. But in the midst of that, we've come to know Jesus who says in all of that, my kingdom is for you and there's a welcome for you. In Matthew 16, it says, you know, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever, there's no limits on that. You know, there's no, there's no you can, you can't. His invitation is for all of us, um, and, and he's called us to be a people that simply when we get that, when we get the grace that we can live from, when we understand, like, oh, my gosh, he just comes and meets me in my sadness. So it means that I can, you know, go and visit my friend this week that I'm just getting to know who, who comes from the Middle East whose father died a couple of weeks ago and she's not seen him for eight years and wasn't able to get home because of COVID. You know, in the midst of what I'm going through, in the midst of my sadness, I can just stand alongside my friend and say, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry, but there's comfort. Jesus wants to bring comfort into that situation. And we do it um, in a million ways and, and, and all the time. That's what he's calling us into. So as we start looking maybe at, um, or as we go into looking at the kind of the nine, these nine statements where Jesus just says, welcome if you're sad, welcome if you're unimportant, welcome if you're powerless, come, I've got a new way to show you, I've got a new way to live with you. But as we were reading through them, you'll notice it uses the word blessed. You know, we're blessed when we're sad, we're blessed when when we're meek. Um, And it uses this word, and I just want to start and kind of put it into context, guys, that as we're reading those, it's not the way that often we hear about blessing in other parts of the Bible. The the kind of, they say, the the, the best way of describing that word is the word congratulations. 
So it's, it's almost a bit of a rejoicing, which is a real, it's a bit of a head doer to me. Like, you know, congratulations when you're feeling sad. Congratulations, you know, when you're feeling powerless in a situation and you can't seemingly do anything to change it because in all of these statements, it's like congratulations when in a sense you're at your lowest and you haven't got it, I do. Like, I've got it. And so it's in that place of of encounter with him that he does what only he can do, what he's come to do, what he's come to do for us, what he's come to do for every person in Carlisle, in Wigdon and Brampton and beyond. You know, when we get to the end of ourselves, it's what only he can do. So he says, congratulations. This is a good place to start. So I want to encourage anyone in this room this morning who just either feels a long way from God, who feels they don't get it, who feels they don't understand their faith, who feels they've taken a knocking over the past months or years and it it no longer makes sense to them anymore. You know, I want to speak to those who, who feel like they've kind of got it a little bit sussed and sorted and you feel like you know you know what track you're on the kingdom guys is for each one of us and it doesn't matter whether we call ourselves a christian or not all that matters is are we curious are we curious to follow jesus up the hill to sit and listen to what he has to say that's his invitation no matter whether we think we know anything no matter whether we think we know everything Guys, we've got to live, deeply live, always from a place simply of invitation to keep his company, to learn to live like he did because we've become increasingly more and more like him. That's all, I mean, honestly, that's it. That's as, in a sense, is as complicated as it gets, but it's probably the most costly and profound thing that we also ever will choose to do. But it is one that is really simple. So when you take time, and I'd encourage you through this week to to go through and keep reading those. You know, read it. Replace that word blessed with congratulations. You know, what does it mean, Jesus? I've been asking all week, what does it mean? What are you saying when you say to me, congratulations in your sadness? Because in that place, you're going to be comforted. So that's the who, guys. We're in that bracket. Whether we like it or not, (laughs) think we are or not, we are in the bracket where Jesus has come for us. And um, we've kind of probably run out of time this morning to, um, to continue on, even in the second part of that little verse where it looks at uh, what does it mean to be an apprentice of Jesus. Uh, Whether we can come back to that next week, I don't know, um, and maybe could just continue because it's a really simple message, but this is not, guys, a sermon. I really don't want it to be a sermon. I'd love you to go away and talk about it over the lunch table. (laughs) Ask your questions of one another. You know, talk about it. Get into, you know, where, where, where do I fit in this story? What are my questions? What am I wrestling with? What did Jesus mean about this? Because we want this to be a a hands-on learning environment where we are just learning about him, we're learning how to live with him, um, we're learning to be like him, and we're doing that in the company of one another that he's called us to do as community together.
But I'd love to just, um, maybe we can just finish um, with just taking a little bit of time. I know not everyone's around a table, whether people could join a little bit. Um, But just to pray for one another this morning, guys, if you're comfortable to do that. Um, Because I I just think that there are, yeah, our hearts can, can, yeah, take a battering. Our hearts might have questions. There might be things, um, well, I know there are things that Jesus is wanting to meet us in. And, and my, my sense this morning is, like, like on that hillside, I absolutely believe, you know, that Jesus was looking at individuals as he spoke those things out. It was for everybody. But equally, it was just like his, his recognition um, of where our hearts are at and, and him just coming alongside and, and bringing life and bringing comfort and bringing encouragement into that. So why don't we just take a few minutes as we finish this morning and um, yeah, just either talk about that or pray for one another. And if, yeah, if there is, um, just keep the conversation and keep, keep talking about it through this week to, to really press into what the Father is asking of us. Um, in that way. So let me just pray and then, then you guys, yeah, so Father, we just just really recognise, Father, that um, man, our hearts are just in, in I just want to come in humility before you, Father, because just recognising that without you, actually, it, it, you make all the difference when when we're in these places, when we're struggling, when we when we just feel like we're just um, off on a, on a track where we're struggling, where we're grieving, whatever it might be, I ask Holy Spirit, because it's you that wants to meet each one of us. It's you that loves each one of us. And you've got things that you want to say and ways you want to encourage us this morning before we go home. So I just ask Holy Spirit that you would just come and do that around every heart now, no matter what the questions are, no matter whether we're curious or convinced or committed, that we still get to come and sit on a hillside with you and hear what you've got to say. So we just welcome your voice in Jesus' name. Amen.